Down to Struggle, I'm Nick Watson. And I'm Bree Watson. And we've got a guest. Hooray! <laughs> we have Luke Thomas Coles with us today. Hello, everybody. My name's Luke Coles. Hello, Luke. I write. Uh, Very good. That's good. Because we've had a lot of people who do a lot of the the improv. Yeah, we've been, show. I was going to say improv heavy, but that's not fair. But certainly performance heavy. That's true. Yeah. So now it's great to, what kind of, uh, what kind of stuff do you write? Oh, wow. Um, I guess the last couple of years have been concentrating mostly on, I guess, what you would call feature spec screenplays. Okay. Um, and I just, I do it all of the time. Just nonstop writing, writing. I, if, uh, aside from day jobs and whatnot. Okay, but, um, cool. All right, so this... This yeah. show is the constant struggle. And the, Just so you know where you are right now. Yeah, the, the conceit is um, we're trying to do creative stuff. Bree's uh, mostly comedian, improvise. Well, mostly an improviser. That's your your bag. Yeah, for but the improv most. is a form of comedy, so you just call me a comedian. All right, okay. A performing, stagey comedian person. Sure, that's yep. You know me from ink drinks and, and stuff. So I'm also in your bag right now, trying to do uh, scripts and script writing. Um, but I'm not solely going to be focusing on that. So, sure. uh, the whole podcast idea is we're trying to do creative stuff, but we also have day jobs to worry about. And I got to raise a family at the same time. So this is going to be perfect for the podcast. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. So you said, I'm going to write this down. So I said, you said feature spec, feature spec screenplays. Yeah. How does that make sense? It, uh, because in my mind, a spec is something that you that something that exists already. Oh, right. Or do you mean you're writing it on spec? Oh, I'm learning things too today. Excellent. Yay. So, yeah, I guess it would uh, on spec. Like I, I am creating from my own mind stories that I wish to tell. Cool. Yeah. So you're when you're thinking spec script, it sounds like. You're writing a script for the Mindy Project. Exactly. Whereas the spec script, where I understand it, is you're doing it on spec. No one's asked you to write this. I see. You're okay. just doing it. Okay. Well, nobody's asked me to do it either. Yeah. But it's on a show. It's based on something that already exists. Exactly. So it's to prove that you can write in the style of a show that you would like to write on. For, for your example. thing, yeah. For right. my thing. Whereas in your case, it's like, I have this great idea and nobody... Ask me to ask do me it. Do it. So I'm just gonna do it. Yeah. And then is the goal then to, to sell it or to pitch it or to or it's just for yourself? It's just or both. I I could honestly say all of those, Perfect. all of the above. I mean, um, yes, I, I I would assume when I'm done, I would need to pitch it in order to sell it, kind of a thing, you know. But right. and and that would be. Uh, Amaze balls. Yeah. There 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 are no words for being paid to do what you love right, right. um well, i think yeah those are those are the words yeah right? <laughs> like if you got paid for doing that you wouldn't be on this podcast because we wouldn't let you oh <laughs> you're doing all right you're, you you're, don't need to be here you got a paycheck you're not struggling anymore you no. don't have any other problems yeah you're done <laughs> walk away sir well maybe uh, we should just start at the uh, at, uh take a step back here and see you guys met at Ink drinks. That's yeah. Right. So that's how you know each other. Oh, yeah. We should probably give a shout out to Ink Drinks, yeah, which so is. Uh, you, yeah. Ink Drinks is this great thing that was set up by Karen Walton, who uh, I knew her from being the person who wrote Ginger Snaps. Okay, yeah. Which was this awesome. Uh, is it an indie? I think it's an indie horror movie, Canadian, that was done in the late 90s. 
Or maybe the 2000s. I, mean. I remember, yeah. I don't know if I saw it, but I remember a lot of people were into it. Yeah. And, like, at the time, I remember thinking, Canadian movies, like, oh, this might not be super great. But we watched them, like, this is awesome. It was uh, such a good horror movie. Did you celebrate Canadian Film Day recently no, I, by I, watching it? No. Okay. I, I did well, not do that. should have. I, wasn't it midweek? I like celebrated by going to bed on it was, time. It was Wednesday. It was a Wednesday. <laughs> okay. okay. So had you been going to Ink Drinks, or have you been going for a while? Or? Um, I I swear I think I've only been going. To, I've only been going to Ink Drinks. Uh, maybe the last six months, maybe. Okay. And one of those, my car broke down on Spadina on my way there, oh, so I did, so I missed no. that. Oh, that was that was like oh how unfortunate. <laughs> God, that's like the worst place your car could break down. Spadina? <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the the middle of an intersection. Oh. What is it? Spadina and right next to the the, the Sky Dome, air quotes. Right. Oh, yeah. oh, we, still, oh okay. we still use Sky Dome. Yeah. Because <laughs> of freedom. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm allowed to have an opinion. Um, yeah, so I've been, I, I, I learned of ink drinks through a friend of mine, Jose Guzman. Uh, another fellow writer, and I, I guess he told me about it. Man, he's a he's a fiery go getter, and I love him. <laughs> um, but yeah, he told me about ink drinks, and I knew, um, I mean, of, of being in love with writing, I could stay in that little excellent office that I've set up for myself and just write forever, you know. But if I ever want to get it out there I'm, I'm gonna have to leave that little room and right. meet people uh, and other human beings the art of networking <laughs> yeah well i mean it's hard especially if, if you're kind of if you're a writer maybe you're a bit more introverted maybe you don't want to go out and do the rub elbows suck up to a bunch of you know that was my fear of that mine event, too that you'd have to go and suck up right but i don't know if you know this Bree, but not all networking sucks Oh. Sometimes people should, are like, really cool. Sounds like you should have a TED talk, and that should be the name. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes networking does. <laughs> and and I guess that that's the thing for me with uh, with ink drinks is it. I I, I mean uh, for for networking for myself, I uh, it would be so disingenuous of myself to be sucking up or to be trying to push something that I've done on somebody else. Like like I don't know. It just. It sounds very like... L.A., right? It sounds very like, oh, read my script, read my oh, script, yeah, yeah. read my script. Well, that, I think that's the big uh, the big caveat on the ink drinks is when you look into it, it's like, this is like a pitch-free zone. Is it? Okay. So you're just going to talk about the business. You're going to talk about your writing. You're going to... Well, you're... you're, you're just going to chill. You're going to chill, okay. but you want to talk to other people. Okay. And you have to talk about the business a little bit just to get an idea of what the person does like right. if someone asks you what are you are you a writer are you a right. producer so yeah. there's a bit of that that goes into it and so for, had you done a bunch of writing before you found ink drinks and you just used it as a sort of support system to like back up your you know like you've done some writing now you're like i want to i want to talk to other people who mm -hmm. are doing this as well. i guess yeah it, i I'm, I'm gonna say that my writing has or that path has been fairly organic and tailored to me anyways so so i'll say i'm blessed that way but yes i had been doing a lot of writing i've been writing for an awful long time and um and what kind has it been mostly screenplays that you're writing 
with any seriousness, yeah, I, okay. I guess it's it's screenplays is the thing that I put my most of my effort into or most of my time into. Um, some sometimes writing for me is journaling. I okay. mean, it's right, it's saved my life more than than twice, you know, with with the writing. Um, so journaling to me is very important. It um, for for the same reason that in the writing. Um, I don't know, I become a vehicle, there's a, uh, a radio station that opens up where it's all just coming out, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. that, that creativity, that inspiration, where does it come from, I don't know. But um, with the same thing happens with my journaling sometimes, as long as I'm keeping an open mind towards solving the issue rather than just ranting, which I did plenty of as a... As a youngster, sure. which is good too. It's, I, I I do not begrudge that or am angry at it or whatever about it. Um, it got me to where I am today. But with with the journaling these days, and it's all it's interesting how they they meld the journaling and the the writing. A lot of my writing, it's I'm my characters are exercising things that I'm dealing with. Of course, yeah. Um, that I'm going through, um, and and it may not be specific, but I give a character a couple of traits with somebody that I'm having a hard time with, and man, does that does it it dissolves that issue? Yeah, it, for, cool. for, uh, it tends to to resolve itself, or or I just become at peace with it because now I'm understanding where they're coming from more. Yeah. Not necessarily, I don't need to agree. Right. <laughs> I don't need to agree with with what they're they're going on about, but. Um, or thinking or feeling or, yeah, or it helps with the uh, forming empathy with a person, and it makes your characters more realistic. <laughs> I, I hope so. That's right, that's the you're hope. Dealing with actual experiences and actual people and their actual traits, so it helps you. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's great. You can use it as therapy. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So how do I stop myself punching this person? Well, write down some stuff well, about it. He had a rough childhood. <laughs> oh, now I get it. Okay. I think, yeah. Hey. It's a it, it, it's not a constant struggle. It's not called a constant struggle for nothing, <laughs> right? right? Everybody's right. going through it in their own way. Oh man! So well, like your journaling that uh, lit a brain cell in my mind. Going like mm. that really reminds me of the artist's way, mm -hmm. uh, oh. which you've read, right, Bree? I've really only read the first chapter. I got as far as journaling. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's bad. I Julia, what's her name? Cameron, yeah. I googled it, oh, and she great. has a two-minute video clip that talks about journaling. So I'm right there too, guys. Right. Nice. You didn't even have to bother reading the first it chapter. Was awesome. <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, it's 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 good, and she tells you to do it first thing, I guess, first thing when you wake up, yeah, mm -hmm. so that you just sort of get all the crap out of out of your system and out of your mind and out of your uh, everything that would sort of stop you from getting to a point where you can write and be clear in your mind, right? Because when you wake up, the first thing you're thinking is usually, ah, oh, crap, I gotta go to work, I gotta go, I gotta do this, I gotta, mm -hmm. yeah. I, gotta oh, I gotta feed this person, I gotta do this and that. <laughs> Uh, so that once you get that all that sort of crap out of the way, then you can deal with you know the artistic whatever stuff your stuff your, is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, I thought it was bullshit until I I actually read the thing and learned what it was about. Which you know, if you want to have an opinion about something, it you helps should, to yeah. know what the thing is. Yeah, maybe you could tell that to everybody in America currently <laughs> following the political race. <laughs> So yeah, I heard about that and then I understood it. I was like, holy shit, this isn't about writing. This is a form of meditation. Mm, uh -huh. And if you combine that with meditation, then it gets super meditating. <laughs> basically become a big meditating 
Machine. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I've started this week. Okay. You yeah. started journaling? Uh, well, no, I, I used to keep a journal, or, but the pages. The pages in the, the morning, morning, sure. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, my struggle has been to get it done <laughs> while it's still technically the morning. <laughs> Couldn't you do it on the bus on the way That's home? where I'm doing it. Perfect. Uh, but like on the weekends. Mm, I see. Yeah. And uh, when I'm working from home, I just get up and do it right before I start work. That's good, yeah. It's going to be weird this week because I'm working in Saga. Mm-hmm. And my bus commute is like five minutes and then I walk. So I don't know how I'm going to do it. Maybe just uh, do it at work during breaks. Mm-hmm. When you uh, take a shit, your morning <laughs> shit at work, yeah. you bring your notebook. Yeah, just go. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be surprised how much you can get done in there, people. <laughs> awesome. That's good. So do you typically draw from what you write in your journals? Does that sort of inspire what you what your screenplays are about or the characters you put into your... Um, I, I, I'd have to say, it's, it's so funny. I'd have to say no. Okay. Mostly it's, 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 kind of, oh, I don't know, two separate things, but I, I, whatever time will tell a uh-huh. hundred years, somebody finds my broken notebook and plugs Runs it in and figures more. it out and <laughs> like, wow, look how all these journaling notes and these stories <laughs> meld together. But, um, it's, it's almost, uh, I, I guess my journaling is part of it is just getting getting me out of the way right for for my writing you know and and with regards to those morning pages i mean um what comes to mind is think for yourself and question authority you know (laughs) and what that is for, for me is i'm going through my life i guess with a bit of a definitely behind everything i do a bit of a spiritual thing um inner search for myself but it's uh how that's manifested itself in my life with the whole writing thing is taking taking what works oh. or taking what works and making it your own right so yeah. with those those morning pages just getting that garbage out or whatever and for me I've whatever ch- kind of changed that into the journaling when I'm like um it's a writing day and every day for me is a writing day and if I feeling like oh I, I need to be taking care of myself right now because I'm emotionally upset or stuck on something then journaling counts as writing. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm punching keys, you know? So it's, so at least at the end of the day, if, if after that journaling that I haven't um, cracked, cracked that nut, then, then I've done, I've written something that day and at least I can judge myself on the narrative of it. Like, right. next time I'll try and vent a little more artistically or something. <laughs> you know? But it's still writing, right? Uh, you know, it's almost like, well, I mean, I might, I don't know. The morning pages are not meant to be artistic. No, Mm -hmm. they're, they're not. They're meant to be like, get this garbage out of the way so that I can get to my artist Mm -hmm. place. What I think about that is (laughs) like, my God, that's going to help you find your voice super fast. Mm -hmm. If there's anyone Mm -hmm. listening to this who are in that point of your writing where, I mean, that's a huge thing. Finding your voice, finding your point of view. Absolutely. If you're just sitting there thinking, writing what's literally in your brain stream of consciousness, you're going to find a voice there if you keep it up long enough. Right. But I guess, I don't know, finding your voice, like, I mean, that's, that's kind of vague. There's so much, <laughs> there's so much to that, right? Like every different piece you write is going to be a different perspective, a different, mm. you think it's that same voice that's the whole time? That's driving that's, you? Well, yeah, yeah I I think when you've reached the point where you're the writer you're going to be, you've got that down. Mm. When you're learning, you're probably copying either on purpose or 
just to just try to accident. find your own style. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It sounds very much like stand-up. Like exactly. I'm about, thinking yeah. very much... Oh, here we go. I'm thinking very much of Marin. Okay. <laughs> Number, mandatory Marin reference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, he talks about the, the crankshaft of your bit or your routine and everything, and that, that boils down to your voice. Mm-hmm. Like, what's your point of view on the world? And that, that drives your comedy and being... Uh, not a copycat of other people. Right. Not a hack. Not a right. ripoff. Um, That's interesting because uh, every single sketch that the Second City wants you to produce has... Even your improv, there's supposed to be a point of view behind it. You're not supposed to just be like, ooh, we're having a fun improv kind of day. It's supposed to be like, what does this have to say about how you feel about blah? Right? Mm. Like... It's that, yeah, it's that honesty in your voice. I mm-hmm. think that's when when people are saying looking for your voice, I think it's... It, definitely your point of view your on what what's true for you your honesty in it you know that's uh that's connected to the heart and if and if it's connected to the heart i, I mean everybody can relate to that mm-hmm. uh, i can get that for what the uh, second city's doing there with yeah it, it's funny but it is it rich is it yeah. have yeah. that does that, it have meaning that's second level kind of stuff isn't it it's like anyone can just say fun things and have a good time but if you want to challenge people, elevate it, yeah. if you want to be worth other people's time mm-hmm. and stuff like that, you should let them know who you are, I guess. Yeah, and sure. Like, what's the point of reading this book? Oh, I get to understand the world seen by this person. And, right. You know, spend time yeah, in If it can brain. challenge your own views and your own opinions or somebody's views and opinions, then, you know. You're doing something. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So tell us a little bit about. The, the works that you have written, or the stuff that you have written. Oh, wow, okay. Um, I've done, yeah. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of whistling. Maybe, I've your, done, maybe your favorites, then. My favorites. Uh, I guess the favorite, I guess, is what whatever I'm working on at the moment kind of a thing. Um, whatever's keeping me passionate and bringing me back to the table, you know. And, mm-hmm. and um, I was mentioning it to Nick just a little bit before, but uh, I guess what inspired it, was I wanted, and everybody get your, your IMDB out because <laughs> you, you may or may not, but um, I wanted to get the actors Charles Dance and Terrence Stamp in a room coldly staring at each other. <laughs> and if, <laughs> I get uh, quickly, I guess Terrence Stamp, uh, he played Zod in the original uh, Superman movies, mm-hmm. um, and oh, also in a movie called Limey. And if you haven't seen Limey... I feel like I remember that it's, when that came out. It, it, it at least has the, the, the most excellent use of the word fuck <laughs> that I've ever seen. I mean, he's most famous for being Chancellor Valorum. In, that um, cor- yes, ah. yes. Are you just writing Chancellor yeah, Famously? Famous <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was a paycheck. Good for him. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, uh, Ed Charles Dance, uh, for all the Game of Thrones fans out there, is playing, or was playing. Whoa. Oh, spoiler, spoiler alert. alert! Spoiler alert! <laughs> Tywin Lannister, so the, the father of the, the Lannister kids who was pretty much, I guess, running everything. But, um, I mean, I at the same time, I I want to get paid for my work, so I pay to see work. So And yeah. I don't have HBO, so I only get to see the DVDs. Ah. of game of thrones so if you are a whole season plus like a year behind then it's not much of a okay. spoiler yeah, yeah. I, I haven't watched what's that. the yeah what's the um 
or what do they call that? The like expiry on a the spoiler, moratorium. The, or yeah, the moratorium on a on a spoiler alert. A Is show? it like at it's least a, a season? A couple weeks, I think. Okay. I think yeah. it's someone's degree of taking offense. I think that's, that's the. the... Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's a piece of string. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Uh, cool. So you're working on a project with so, these two. With these two, and then yeah, throwing in uh, Malcolm McDowell in oh there my too God. to play the play um, Terrence Stamp's brother and their uh, old British cat burglaring <laughs> safe crackers. And uh, I want uh, uh, Charles Dance to be a uh, basically a bad, a very very bad British mob boss. Nice. But um, it's I guess. At the same time, I'm trying to inform it with um, humanity for all these people, so it's not—it's not a straight action, and it's not quite a straight drama. And I mean, in all those good dramas, humor just arises because that's how we deal with shitty, how we deal with life. But at the same time, I think that's also—I mean, uh, a lot of people say that we use humor to deal with life, and that, and I could argue that life is about humor. Which is way better than I, I don't know. It's, it's me always doing my a, silver lining kind of. It's a very Canadian perspective because <laughs> I think. I heard the you in humor. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm laughing because I did too now. <laughs> Retroactively. That's interesting that you find the sort of people that best represent the characters that you would want to write. Like you found these actors. And you're writing for them. Yeah, it's mm. a great way to have a voice for your characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it definitely, yeah, definitely um, informs what I'm writing at the same time. And this is the first story that I really came up with where I had actors in mind before I even knew what was going to happen. I mean, okay. I've got pretty much any one of my other scripts. I'd open book on who could play these roles. Okay, but this um, time you went specifically for. Again, it was that that image of those two badasses yeah. staring each other down, and like, <laughs> how do you like? You, you, you got that character who doesn't need to speak, you know? Their their oh, their so charisma, their gravitas. character, their gravitas mm-hmm. informs that silent moment, and now you got two guys who are awesome at that, just mm. gravitasing each other, just gravitasing. <laughs> they're trying to out gravitas one another. <laughs> It's it's gonna make the world implode, you know. <laughs> just the weight of it, they're just sinking to the core of the planet. But uh, uh, yeah, and and it's funny. All, all of my so far, anyways, all of my stories have come to me in different ways. Um, okay. That first one back in '98, that was like, you know what? I want to write movies. That's what. In, yeah. What what sparked that one? Oh wow! Oh, I, I, uh. I guess now it technically would be a, a guilty pleasure, oh, but Gigli. at the time it was friggin' awesome, man. <laughs> I was ahead of the game. What? Not Gigli. No, Gigli. I don't know. Oh, that was the movie that killed Ben Affleck. Oh, Gigli. Yeah. Oh, Gigli. Yeah. yeah. No, no, that's not, I haven't seen that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone has. Uh, it was, uh, I, I was hanging out with a buddy in my basement rock climbing wall listening to Sweet. listening to a prodigy tune oh my god off their album the experience which i believe was like their first that was that was pre-jilted generation so i think that's like it i think that album's from 92 or 93 yeah was that with firestarter no that that was that was a fat of the land Okay. That was mm. their. I'm gonna call that their third. Album. Oh wow! That... 
So I came late to Prodigy. Then, <laughs> so again, so this album came out in like '92 or '93, and I'm listening to it in '98, and just a song came on that, whatever. Sometimes I've that's that's happened twice actually, where I've heard a song and seen the movie in my head or seen the mm. visuals in my head. I feel like music is very powerful at oh. creating images at. <sighs> Tying you to memory. Oh emotions, man, absolutely, emotions, yeah. absolutely. I mean, yeah, I listen to a lot of movie soundtracks just for that reason because I like movies. But <laughs> I, I love music too, and and uh, yeah, they just they take me away, you know. And uh, you say I, I remember seeing a, a YouTube video where somebody had taken, and I love ET, and I love the music for ET, and they show the last scene, and they've taken the music out. And it is flat as flat can be, like, like what? It, because it's a, it's, it's a long building emotional tune. So they're having to stretch out all of the, the visuals right. of the shot of Elliot, the shot of ET, the shot of Elliot's mom and brother and sister and the ship and the guy. So all of this is going on, but nothing's being said. <laughs> There's no music to, to inform how you're supposed to feel about oh, it, but. Man. But it's a, I think that's another reason why I love uh, films and want to write them so much is because they're at, at some point, somewhere down the line, I'll get to have a collaborative process with all these other creative people yeah. who have their own voices mm-hmm. and their own doing what they do. And it, it just uh, it, it, it so much reminds me of just kind of being in a band right. of... You got a your very big band, a huge band, yeah, like a, an a multi <laughs> with <laughs> unions. But there's, also, yeah, exactly. there's also an orchestra that actually plays. Yeah, the literal <laughs> orchestra. And somebody feeds you. Oh, yeah, man. Oh. Oh, that's but, the way to wish. to live. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it sounds well, great. I'm sure. If I'm, only it, if you're union. The non-union people get terrible, <laughs> terrible. Oh, <laughs> we're we're not union right now, and we got a pretty decent spread that's here, Bray. Thanks very much. Funded like, by again, how you? Yeah, that, thank you very much, Gibby. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. Um, you oh, wish my, you could my eat struggle this job. Fruit. Your struggle job, yeah. Bray. Strawberries. These mm. mm, <laughs> tasty. So you have a day job. I do. You want to talk about it? Are you allowed to talk about it? Yeah. Okay. It's not with the mm. government. It's not a secret no. project. No, I know those people, but. <laughs> Can't talk about that, though. Okay, sorry. Well, sorry. Fair. Sorry what I brought it up. plays have you written about them? About the NSA. Those people. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> have I written? May, may, maybe. Oh. One, one and a half? There we go. <laughs> <laughs> one and a half that got some, some spooks in it or something? Yeah. Um, yeah, day job. Um. I work for my family business, and we are, I guess, a limited edition and original artwork wholesalers. Ah, oh, cool. So I, um, I, I kind of look at art all day long, which is not a bad way to spend your day. Mm-hmm. Um, do you get to see the artists at all? Mm-hmm. Oh my I god. I do from time to time. So um, I guess one of our biggest fellows. Uh, if you're Canadian, hopefully you know, and if not, that's all right. You get to learn about him today. Robert Bateman. Robert Bateman is a uh, naturalist and wildlife painter. Okay. In I mean, Canada? What? In Canada, <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, one of his... So, uh, when Prince Charles and Lady Diana got married, um, Canada's gift to them was a painting by Robert Bateman. Oh, okay, cool. Um, a loon, uh, Nor- Northern Reflections loon family. So I, I can almost, um, all the hipsters wearing those howling wolf shirts <laughs> is a probably, it's, it's not his work, but it's probably a result of 
Robert Bateman and some of our other artists. Uh, we uh, was he one of the group of seven? No, no, he's still alive. Um, okay. Are Robert... all the group of seven dead? Yes. Okay, I'm um, learning about art. Yeah. Oh, it's it's. Uh, There's a couple of podcasts right there. Um, yeah. So, uh, family got into the the art business or industry, if you like. Oh, yeah. Um, for back sure. in the uh, late '70s, early '80s. So we've been around for post 30 years um and started with robert bateman back then so we're uh selling pictures of bobcats and wolves <laughs> and bears and whales and oh my. and um yeah, yeah yeah i mean it, it, it for for me it was wild because uh just growing up in that with wildlife and <laughs> naturalism and environmental well yeah uh in canada that's it's kind of up in your face a lot. Of the time. Well, unless sure. you live in the city. Well, which we currently do, but right. So, were your are your parents also artists, or did they just prefer the sort of business end of, of art? Um, I guess my grandfather started it, and I don't. He got in. I, I don't know the story how he got. I think he went down to like a trade show or something, and in the states or something, and and met up with a, a fellow named uh, Bob Lewin. I forget. I forget his um. That's terrible of me right now, but he, he ran a company called Mill Pond Press down in uh, Florida. Mm -hmm. and I still want to point out that he gave a loon to the royal family, which I think is really appropriate. Because mm -hmm. they're loons? That's right, hey. Bree! They're loon oh. <laughs> oh, the best part of that, though, the, 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 the spooky one on that one is, so it's it's a loon family, and it's, and it's, and it's a mother, well, a mother and a father for the loons. And it's a got dead two, loon in a car. Two, no, no, two okay. babies. Uh -huh. oh. Two baby loons. Right. Called and they it. had they had two. He totally called it two kids. I mean, loon families can have. Geez, up. He, he could have painted that with. It's true. There could have been many loons. One, two, three, four, five. But pick two. Mm. Nailed it. They're like we can't have any more. This is what the painting is dictated. It's divining the future with oil paints. <laughs> that happens a lot. What divining the future with oil paints? Yeah. yeah? You'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's cool. Um, so, I guess you're just exposed to art from an early age, then, and, that's and the business side of it too. Exactly. Yeah, a little bit. You know, it's um, uh, I guess different than than the film world a bit, or whatever. I don't know. You could there's there's arguments to be made for everything, but yeah, I grew up in a family that was art is a viable and reasonable direction to go in your life right it's like a proper commodity <laughs> that's true because a lot of people like that's not the case at all right you see a lot of families where they're just like no business or finance yeah or but it really should be like yeah you can make a lot of money money laundering with this stuff so go and start painting <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> imagine all the drugs you could legally ship um uh i've thought about it no, that's, another movie. <laughs> that's but, a movie that's a movie um Oh, what was it? Oh, sorry, I lost it. What was your question? What'd you say, Nick? Um, art is great. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> no, no, yeah, right, right, right. I grew up, grew up with it, right? It was a, a, a viable commodity and whatnot. So that, I, I guess, that ties into my organic direction towards writing and blessings in my life. That um, I had a family that it, it, it at at the very least, if if not being supported in that direction, which I have been. Um, wasn't uh eyeballed in any kind of way right it wasn't i want to be a writer and 
everybody silently oh. shares a glance He's at the like, dinner oh, table. You, you need to work on your pastels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, right. But um, yeah, no, it, it's it's given me a lot. I mean, um, I now I I, uh, I have a key to the building, so oh. that's where I do my writing at night. Is I have a an, an office. Um, so what's that? I have an oh. image in my head of what that place looks like. It's the Indiana Jones warehouse, but with art on display. Mm. I was thinking warehouse two. Warehouse two that's, or no, warehouse as, as well. well. All right. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it is a warehouse. I guess we get the the front office where business is conducted and phone calls are made. Bounce, wow. Oh, oh no, it's business. Time. I had a I had a bad idea last night, and that's reminded me of it. Don't <laughs> oh. What would happen if you got a female sex line and a male sex line, and you and you just conference oh called God. them, and how long would that go on oh for? Who would pay who? <laughs> I'd have to pay, but would it be worth it? And, I, and I'd. That'd be so good. They'd be like, "Oh, this person's really good at this." <laughs> and then, and then they fall in love, right? Like that uh, would have to be how it, how that ends up, because yeah, or they kill each other. <laughs> you have to be destroyed. Uh, <laughs> I am the best at phone sex. Oh yeah, sex sex phone operators are for sure Highlander. <laughs> I just watched Highlander the other night again. Why for, wouldn't you? Why wouldn't I? It'd been a long time, and it's funny because I was watching the. Uh, Wait, uh, the TV show or the, uh, the no, movie? no 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 the movie the movie the movie I never saw the TV show but um, I just finished watching the Electric Boogaloo oh. uh, the the uh, the documentary on Canon Films oh oh from the eighties right yeah they, how did that go ahead oh, so so great documentary by the way I mean I grew up in the eighties so all of those those yeah. action movies when that Canon Films logo came up I'm like okay this is gonna be fun. Mm-hmm. At the very least, right? I'm not. I'm, I'm going to be thoroughly entertained. There's going to be plenty of guns and blood and explosions, <laughs> and I'll probably see a boob here and there. And, and a what else track? could you want, you know? <laughs> as a youngster, and uh, and they're talking about all the movies they did and all the weirdness that was going on, and how they just kept pumping out semi mediocre <laughs> stuff that was being paid for by the pitch that the main guys were doing for the next movies they were going to be released. So it, so it was kind of a, I don't know. They, they built, they built too fast for the foundation to support itself is, I guess is kind of the, the, the story there but it was funny because right after that, I start watching Highlander. They didn't even talk about it. Boom. Canon films logo coming out like wild. Okay. So now I'm watching them like, so I, I haven't seen it for a long time, and I thought it was going to be kind of bad, and now I'm thinking it's probably going to be really bad. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so Canon, like the like the camera company now, or is it a no, no? Okay. The uh, two <clears throat> two Jewish fellows who had started their work over in over in Jerusalem, I think, over oh, really? in Israel, and came over to the states in the '70s, and they I think they had done I think it's oh, what was it? they lemon something a story lemon lemonade something or other. <laughs> I know, I know. Kind of timely. I'm, I'm, I may be being informed by current events, but um, it was basic. It, it seemed like a teen Porky's movie done in Israel, and apparently, it's in Israel. It's still the highest grossing comedy that's ever been made in Israel. And they came over and and started started hustling and, and making movies and everything. Nice. So, anyways, 
Hmm. Now I think I've gotten they... far enough away from the original question that we've <laughs> forgotten on it. That was like, art is good, I think. <laughs> Art's art good. Yeah. Art is the way best. <laughs> I, it can all be appreciated. I, I was just saying that to... Well, uh, you, you were saying you enjoyed the film, so mm-hmm. that's like the most important part, really. Well... <laughs> Yeah, I think it, it was a great story, and I think that was the deal with all of Canon's films. Good story, and could have just been executed a, if we had a <laughs> little a more, mo- a little bit more money, and a little bit more time. I think we would have uh, really I nailed I've it. But heard about this doc as well. I can't remember where. Was it on Netflix or? Oh, uh, where did I? I got it. I bought it off of iTunes again. Oh, okay. I, good, good karma, people. Good karma. Mm. I mean, if, stuff. Yeah. if we keep taking everything for free, it ain't gonna get made anymore. True. It's kind of the theory. It seems to hold up, too. So. Well, I don't yeah. know, man. I mean, I get all my stuff from Netflix, and the stuff that that network but you pay generates. For is, yeah, I know, yeah. but it does sometimes feel like I'm getting it for free because mm. it's. Oh, I don't know. And it's so much awesome. I love what it. did I just read the other night? <coughs> it might have been yeah. last night that Netflix doesn't have to pay any. Um, pay. Uh, I I don't know the business side too much, but doesn't have to pay any money into the <laughs> Canadian television or film industry at all because well, that's not good. for some whatever anyway yeah i i'm i'm hopeful and have faith in humanity that we'll get our crap together so well, well yeah i'm nice. sure they'll yeah. sort something out netflix and CanCon, and they're gonna have to i heard the trudeau government's gonna be working on uh changing rules for canadian content to come in line with the new media landscape of streaming and whatnot well cbc just got a bunch more money sweet for production for everything. For everything. Okay, cool. Yeah, let's talk about starting or getting some new shows. Of course, no, CBC is pretty much out of the production game. No. Oh, I mean, like, yeah, they don't produce the stuff, but they'll... But they'll, they'll buy it, stuff that is. Buy yeah. Yeah. yeah, they'll buy mm. it from the production companies. But, uh, alas. Hmm. We don't have good. to go into that. Art's good. Art is good. Art I think good. we yeah, found the tough. title for the episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, what would you say is your biggest struggle at this point constantly <laughs> what is my con oh uh it's a it's a spiritual one uh. um yeah i guess yeah my uh, constant struggle is finding proper verbiage for things it's <laughs> <laughs> writing it's writing oh, it's, okay. I, I think that's part of why i'm uh why i'm a writer i, I did a i've done a I've done a bunch of uh, spiritual work and workshop work and self improvement work, um, and one of the one of the great lessons was around um, the words that we choose and how that can totally dictate how you're going to feel about something. Is what word are you going to choose, and are you going to choose that word to be the one that defines that emotion at the time? So, uh, for me, the 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 constant struggle is, I guess, my own, my own doubt, my own, um, if, if correct word, self-effacement, or, or whatever, just beaten on my own self, but I, I'm getting very good at that, and just catching it in the moment, and going, no, just keep going, because, because what else are you going to do, right, I mean, it's, uh, I can, I could get upset and wallow for a while, but I know that's, oh, what's good, all sorts of uh, thanks Facebook for all the the uh, the, the, the keen uh, picker upper <laughs> out there and uh, one of the what of the one that I've been liking the most for the last couple of months was if being hard on yourself worked 
It would have worked by now. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's Man. one. There's one in the Julia Cameron book that's something like your your like your inner critic is not. I don't remember the second part of it, but it's basically like <laughs> it's basically the it's person who's sort yeah, of the, crap, per, isn't the person it? who's criticizing you are like your own critic. It's not oh, it's not the truth. Is mm. what it was your inner that's critic right. is not the truth. Uh, the truth is something that you're not you can't perceive at that point because it's your your own art that you're creating and if you just sort of judge it constantly then obviously you're not gonna produce anything exactly um i remember hearing that too um and it's like it's a waste of your time and Mm. it doesn't allow you to grow Mm -hmm. so it's like lose it's a lose lose it's counterproductive yeah it's the it's the, the ego is a motherfucker. Oh, yeah, <laughs> true. And and the, and hence the hence my spiritual work is to get whatever whatever. I heard a story from somebody one day was like, talking about enlightenment, and enlightenment was basically just being happy all of the time. Well, uh, and I, mean, I thought to myself, that's, that's not correct. <laughs> <laughs> that's not great. <laughs> Yeah. No. What? What? Not being happy all the time? No, I just mean like, well, because you could be happy all the time and completely numb and, and unaware of everything going on. Oh well. You. Well, I guess yeah. Uh, well, perhaps it needs some more. <laughs> a little more depth. Yeah. I'll, 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 I'll explain it a little bit more for myself then. Oh. Because uh, I, I, it's that being happy all of the time as a result of perceiving the world in a wholesome and honest way mm. where you are recognizing the hearts in other people that's nice yeah <laughs> and realizing like we're we're all in the same constant struggle together Aww. we're all having to deal with the the things that we have to deal with and as we were just saying before that um that inner voice that ego critic that um just wants to dump on us all the time is i think geez that's one of the major results of all the problems in the world, right? I mean, yeah. you got a war because you got two people who disagree and couldn't figure out a better way to settle that or agree to disagree. And I mean, I'm 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 oversimplifying it, I'm sure, but I, I I tend to oversimplify things. But at the same time, I like to look at things in a way where it's it's simple, but it's not necessarily easy. Right. <laughs> the sorting it out, and I think yeah, I mean, it's almost like a war in your own. Mind. Mind. Yeah, it's... Uh, um, I mean, we all know that war is caused by the lizard people who are trying to control the natural resources for the planet. Oh, you know them too? Um, <laughs> but, no, like, when you're... It's like, if you want to make the... There's the theory that if you want to make the world a better place, start with yourself, right? Mm. I, so if I you're, subscribe to that one. <laughs> oh, some MJ right there. Um, yeah, so, like, if you can put yourself into a place where you're open and honest with yourself and just like like more self-aware mm. then you're mm-hmm. in a better space to deal with other people <clears throat> yep you could serve as a good example to them that way you could just help someone out if they're in a dark place you know like you're contributing to overall improving the world uh at least at least by the amount that you are in it is that your it's... goal in your writing um i get yeah I, i'm it never helps, or it, never, it doesn't. It uh, never hurts. Mm-hmm. Do you have a to... goal in your writing? Like, <laughs> I just <laughs> thought it was a good segue. I don't know if I have a goal in my make people laugh. Yeah, but yeah, okay. I don't. But there's something beneath that. Mm-hmm. And making somebody laugh, you're wanting to contribute to them. You're wanting to be That's able true. to 
lighten everyone's load yeah, or I want to turn the sort of ridiculousness of the world on uh, you know I want to flip it so that people so it's revealed as the ridiculousness mm-hmm. that it is mm-hmm. and There's... that's that's me simplifying things again mm-hmm. as I look I look at the world and it's you're either looking through the eyes of love or you're looking through the eyes of fear mm-hmm. um, and I for, for me anyways I can kind of diagnose and separate the world into those two separate uh, Drive, categories sort of, there yeah love or fear right like yeah. i mean we're 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 all wanting to be connected we all want to share love and and be uh have a good time be at peace with each other yeah, you know we, we don't have a lot of time here might as we're well make it pleasant <laughs> we're here for a good time yeah. for a long time i hear fear is the path to the dark side it is oh hey i uh, i think that that Friggin' Star Wars was the the start of my spiritual journey. You know? Probably a lot of people, actually. I think so. Especially you know? if you grew up in the '80s. That's right. That's me. Yeah, I mean, between canon films and and Star Wars, this is what you get. I mean, all of Star Wars is in canon, as far as I'm concerned. Sorry. Like canon, like like can- the like canon. The canon. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. It's pretty true uh, that's just uh, again that's just how i look at it and i guess i try and bring that into the characters in my stories you know i think that's what genuine it, or it, it's easy it's a tool i use anyways in working with my characters and and figuring out what is that love and what is that fear that's in them like, the, like those are your primary drives if you want a good story you need to have um you have to know, know what that character's intentions are, what mm-hmm. they want, dreams and hopes. That's one of my, thank you, Tom Vernon, one of my uh, excellent writing teachers that I found down at um, uh, U of T. Yeah, sorry, this is something I wanted to talk about. Oh, um, sure, all right, yeah. Look how um, excited he's, you can't yeah. see, but he's got his arms up. Yeah, it's like, flailing. shit, this is the, one of the big things Sparks I wanted to talk about. Sparks flying out of his head. Like, uh, you and Ho- Jose are yeah. both in the... Uh, MIT? What? U of T. <laughs> U of T. Uh, um, program, writing program. Uh, yeah, in a way, I mean, um, Luke's whole do it my way and take what works and everything. Um, and day job and constant struggles and whatnot. I had to, uh, when I decided, when I made that choice out of love to follow my writing, um, everything seems to line up and I Googled screenwriting courses on the on that internet thing yep it's pretty popular and a lot of was kind of disconcert was going in disconcerted because i swear i'd done it that same thing eight years previously and nothing came up and boom all of this stuff starts coming up eight years later I'm like whoa i guess i wasn't serious at the time uh, yeah. <laughs> well i mean like long. eight years is a big amount of time in the internet too so a lot of stuff sure, well, probably developed it, in oh, that 12, time uh, would have been what 2004 yeah okay. so maybe that they I, weren't that I made... still pretty good in 2004 yeah but i there were nowhere near as many screen programs hey that. hey i'm just I'll, I'll chalk it up to not being ready mm. i wasn't serious enough at the time um but yeah so find um u of t continuing studies mm. and they had a screenwriting introductory screenwriting course and where i was at in my life um i was kind of i guess starting starting at the bottom or, or starting from a place of um i don't know anything let's start at the beginning let's make sure i'm doing everything right i've, I've been doing it the way that i've been doing it for a long time that can get you in trouble people right yep. and so learn just, the proper technique mm-hmm. uh, even just like formatting and that kind of 
Exactly. All that. So I was like, okay, let's let's start from scratch and build up from there. And if I know it, boom, we can skip ahead on that class, uh -huh. that ep, whatever that lesson or whatnot. Anyways, um, go down and serendipitously get Tom Vernon as my teacher. And one of those, you know, in your life where you you've gone to school and you've had those one or two teachers where it's like you've made a friggin' difference in my life. Yeah. And I will never forget you. There's Tom. Nice. Um. So I just I soaked that class up, and that was um, on Saturdays at uh, I think noon. I want to say start at noon, went to three, or maybe even started earlier than that. May have started at like ten, ten in the morning. Um. So what were those classes like? Did you have to write when you were in there, or was he just giving you dropping knowledge um, bombs? Well, that's the, <laughs> that was the thing. I mean, he was I guess one of those schools of thoughts of keep hammering those keys um nice. keep writing keep writing bring in stuff bring stuff in we'll workshop it we'll we'll all learn together when you're bringing your stuff in and also he's so so super supportive in the way of like teaching everybody how to give feedback the sandwich oh, approach God, yeah. everybody the sandwich <laughs> approach tell them what's good give them the points that they need to work on tell them what's good yeah. and off you go nice <laughs> the compliment sandwich i think yeah that's right that's it's or the oreo whatever you like um so yeah so started the the intro with him and then um i guess that was six weeks six and i think by the end of, no no okay so yeah we did that and lots of fun stuff bring he's like one of the things was bring in scenes from movies okay that are that means something to you and what can we learn what can you tell us about it that we can learn from uh -huh. it kind of a thing and um i guess this goes back to my wanting to collaboratively work and it was uh brought in that scene from usual suspects the the lineup mm -hmm. where everybody has to say the same line right everybody's right. got <laughs> hand me the keys you fucking cocksucker and <laughs> and the story with that was that everybody was improving doing mm. that scene I, I don't know if it was even supposed i don't know if it was even written that way in the script cool. and it was everybody just doing it how they were doing it and um and it was so fascinating to me because one of the things about it was in everybody's delivery they're uh, you're not really they're not saying anything about themselves but they're saying everything right. about themselves yeah, in the way that they deliver the it right? and it's just late like the, for me anyway i may be reading too far into it but man there's layer upon layer upon layer of a one and a half minute scene where you just told me things about all five of these guys and like holy how efficient and anyway so this yeah. is tom that's me and that's tom vernon's class uh went to his screenwriting too and by the end of that he was bringing in actors to uh like table read table read awesome. like a scene that you're working on oh, so that man. you could hear like that's great yeah and he's he's been in the game for a long time he's a, a novelist wrote a novel i read that i was wild because just his use of punctuation on uh he's got one character in the novel that whenever it's this you're going through this character i don't think there's any periods mm. no there's no period no. <laughs> Hemingway's in his book. <laughs> it's wild it's just like and to me it was just like it, it, it friggin' works but it was wild and if <laughs> he's an actor too and if uh, you guys seen the fugitive mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> remember okay right at the beginning they're in the prison bus mm -hmm. in the prison bus and you could you through silence apparently there's there's lines in the script he says but everybody on that day figured out we don't need to say anything we just need to be looking at each other like okay is it time to go yeah okay do it you know kind of a thing 
and he's the dude who starts coughing and coughing crap up like he's having a seizure or something. Oh, okay. And then the cop comes and checks on him. The, the corrections guy comes and checks on him and he pulls a, a sharpened tooth toothbrush yeah right. a toothbrush out of his sock i believe it's they st- call that a shank <laughs> a shank it's such a ubiquitous word you know it means so many different has it got a point it's a shank uh, what's the shank of this story <laughs> and uh yeah so so and then he started or he's got a, a little writer's circle cool. to pay a couple of bucks and he can just because of the the, the continuing studies he's got a um Oh, what's a, uh, a syllabus? He's got to uh-huh. cover. I got I have to cover this point, this point, this point, and this point. Have to do that. That's part of the. That's that's just how U of T has it set up in a yep. way. Yeah, right. sense, yeah. And for so for with this writers workshop, we can go into super depth on whatever you want, whatever you think you need to, um, whatever progress problems like that or or whatever. So, I think Jose and I are starting one of his up in end of May. Cool. So he still teaches there. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And sometimes that's it. You just need somebody who motivates you to just sit down and do the work. You know, mm-hmm. like I'll, I'll pay my mother to call me once a week and be like, "Did you do your writing?" I mean, well, yeah. No, I, I find this podcast is a huge motivator for me because I'm like, go. "Shit, we're gonna record. I better have done something right, this month exactly. <laughs> yeah. to bring you know, to the table." To figure it out, make sure you get something done. Yeah, and um, the bringing it back to ink drinks as well. Like I. I would hate to go there and have nothing to add to any conversations. Yeah, um, so like, so what have you done since I saw you? Well, last? nothing. I watched a bunch of TV. Um, yeah. Like, yes. Research sometimes. No, no, not research. No. I watch horrible TV oh, that I I've see. seen before. Because um, I'm thinking about doing a Kimmy Schmidt spec. Oh. Oh, that'd be fun. I'm loving that. You know what? Oh I'm, God, it's so good. I'm uh, pleasure delaying that show. We we did a beautiful <laughs> binge, and Tara. we're like, I don't want to, I don't, I want there to still be some Kimmy in my life. So what do they, what do they call Oh, Tantra Kimmy Schmidt? <laughs> <laughs> oh, self-control is a powerful thing, you know? I think that's, yeah. Especially in this, you know, economy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You go out and get whatever you want at any time of day. It's so oh. weird when the, you don't have the availability. Like, no, why can't I do the thing that I want to do right now? It teaches you discipline. Yeah, well, it helps if you've been an alcoholic for several years. <laughs> well, geez, that's a whole other story. Way that's to a, figure that lesson That's out, another. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't recommend it, but um, no, it's it's making those choices. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh no, no. Oh, <laughs> Oh my god, look at that case of liquor oh over god, there. Pull back, oh, shit. It's turning into a bad case of uh, reefer madness over here. Um, Have you no, seen that? Yeah. It's oh, great. Eh? Well, before the liquor, I, I smoked the reefer, right? So, it's a gay <laughs> of course you got Dude, you got to check out anything related to it, man. That is true. Because I got a lot of time on my hands. It's <laughs> Addiction and, and that kind of stuff is a big problem for comics. Like, I see it a lot. Especially booze. Especially the booze. It's a big mm-hmm. problem. Well, jeez, yeah. like, oh. the whole medium of comedy takes yeah, place in bars. bars. Yeah. yeah. For me, the uh, addiction is... Again, I went right back into my spirituality and having to sort... Mm-hmm. Luke had a fundamental flaw somewhere where I was, I guess bottom line wanting wanted that instant gratification rather than the delayed Kimmy Schmidt <laughs> tantric gratification that everybody should be 
want it, you know. So it, it's I don't know. I, I could go on about childhood and whatnot. I keep clo- I keep putting my hands over my mouth. <laughs> Mumble master. Um, <laughs> Worst Batman character ever. <laughs> <laughs> what? I can't hear you. <laughs> I think Dustin Hoffman did a good job in. Every Dustin Hoffman movie? In every Dustin Hoffman movie. No, oh, what? Dick Tracy. He played oh, Mumbles, crap. right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so anyways, addiction. <laughs> and Luke's demons. Uh, I get, and, and spirituality and whatnot. No, I just that instant gratification and needed to um, just break out of that or whatever. And then I fell into my pit, which lasted uh, five to seven years. And it's five to seven because... I was drunk. <laughs> I can't quite remember exactly oh, how that right. how that when did that? But um, I guess for for again that that coming back to that blessed um, organic build of of my writing and, and my future that uh, in coming out of that writing was like right off the bat writing came back to me as a way to uh, white knuckle my way through those first that first month and a half of of not drinking and i mean i went back to the drinking a little bit but i i had whatever reclaimed myself enough to go you know i'm not getting any of my writing done while i'm doing this and if this is really what i want to friggin do in my life and have a crack at it well i have to be willing to do all the work mm-hmm. and i mean geez it, i don't know why it took whatever it took as long as it did but you have all those adults in your your teenage years going you just gotta put in the work you just gotta do the work you know <sighs> and like god damn it that i'm 17 like so- it's summer <laughs> i've just learned about weed and you want me to do the work i'm living on. man i'm living my life why can't you just let me be oh it's the worst i'm feeling this so right <laughs> uh, um like you you had talked about a teacher that really guided you i had one who i i didn't receive this lesson from him it's a creative writer writing professor that catherine talked to um (laughs) also doug doug was a positive influence this is one that drove me away and his advice was writers write Mm-hmm. And I found that so trite and stupid and like mm. not helpful. Yeah, it, yeah. Until I finally committed to trying to be a writer, uh, which you get away from saying trying and you actually do the writing. Yeah. <laughs> and writers write is the most zen and accurate way to look at it. If mm. you want to do this, it's really easy. Just sit down and don't do anything else and write. And Would you say just do it? Just, just do it. Do well, it. notice how that's very simple to say and yet very hard to do. That could well, really comes yeah. up. Yeah, <laughs> and the advice is super simple. Yeah. But I mean, there's so much to it. Yeah. But then that's... it becomes a, it. It drives itself as well. Like if I have a day now, like I've been in a good. Well, what's what's the anti-funk? What is a good funk or a good rut? Uh, sweet spot. I mean, in a the swing, zone. In the swing. In a swing. In, a, yeah. in the zone. So, like, if I have a day where I'm not writing, then I'm like, oh, I gotta get back to the page. I feel like it's like going to the gym. Theoretically, I mean, I guess people do that. People do that. <laughs> it's, uh, oh, for me, I guess it's... Anything, I guess. Anything where you want to improve at a thing, you just yeah. have to do that thing. Yeah. A lot. Until it becomes habit. Yes. I mean, that, that I've heard so many writers uh, write every day. 
Right. And at the very beginning, when you hear that, it's like, oh, geez, can I, I don't know if the... Have the day off? I mean, there's... I don't, yeah. I don't know <laughs> if the inspiration will strike me right. that mm-hmm. it's like, no, that's that's that mind talking that yeah. all that's doing is getting in your way. Yeah, your mind that's, will keep... You're you literally mean. telling yourself not to do the thing that you want to do. Yeah. What the hell is it's that, right? Weird. But we're so trained to be like, no, I'm pretty comfy right now. I don't need to, you know, push any boundaries. Mm-hmm. Or... And and that's that's that instant gratification. I'm mm-hmm. very relaxed and calm and at peace at this moment, and I don't feel like getting out of my seat to go and do the whatever. The whatever. Yeah. Challenging myself. And um, started, yeah. So I just started telling myself, write every day, write a page every day. That's it. That's all you have to do. That could take you anywhere from what it, in in my head at the time. It's like that's half an hour. Uh, add a half hour to that to drive to work to turn right. on the computer to do it and then drive home boom you're done in an hour if you if you need be and is for my because it's that thing that you want to do but because it's not that instant gratification thing but as soon as i'm sitting down and writing that's it this great you I, get I don't need to mean right I, like i'm i don't need to do anything else mm-hmm. this is this is what i want to do so whatever it's it's turned into I write every day, and I can't usually can't write until it's dark outside. Oh, I'm like oh, that night owlish right. kind of a thing. Hence, and this kind of ties back to why I don't do the morning pages because I don't know. Morning. What's a morning? What's a morning, man? It's kind of interesting because you probably when you're drinking and stuff, you're probably doing that mostly in the evenings. You know, it's almost like mm-hmm. you, you've replaced it with mm-hmm. a, another Something much productive. more yeah creative and productive outlet. Mm-hmm. And and how I. I mean, my, my drinking days weren't a total loss. I learned how to play Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata <laughs> and did some, some uh, children's literature correspondence courses, but... <laughs> that probably helps if you had a couple, actually. <laughs> oh, the things we tell ourselves. If I can play it drunk, imagine how well I can play it sober. Um, yeah, there you go. Jeez, like, writing and drinking... Uh, it, go, in, in, go in, way back oh, like, oh yeah no that's that's <laughs> yeah. they're yeah. buddies like <laughs> yeah they oh even uh kids in the hall they had that one sketch where uh, bruce mccullough talking about writing and here are the five things you need to know about writing and number two is your parents will never understand and three drinking you know <laughs> it's like, i'm like yeah i can relate to that but that's that's that that's i guess that's the downside of picking and choosing what works for you you yeah. know i could I uh, I guess we're all experts at talking ourselves into things or convincing ourselves of uh, whatever it is that's whimsical that day, whatever I, I want, right? So it's... <laughs> I remember in university, <laughs> I used to like, I'd be like, okay, the only way I could get this essay done is if I have a full two liter bottle of Coke and Doritos to get me through the day. And that was like my diet during like... Oh. Only Doritos and Coke during SA season. Oh, yeah. And then I'd I get really sick after the drive. I wonder why. Well, Lack of nutrients. Yeah. I guess, yeah, that goes into your, your practice, right? Yeah, I think, I, I don't know, I, I've got my own rituals now. Mine's, I've, I've turned my office into, I don't like a Luke's Shrine of Writing. Man, and, that's right in the you, uh, War of Art, actually. Because you turn your man cave into a writer's. Well, the office. I have. Superhero. But that's a. I'll show you the office downstairs, actually. Yeah. That's where my. You were saying what? Sun Tzu's Art of War? You're saying something? No. Sorry, close. Okay. Uh, It's based on that. It's the War of Art. Okay. And it's written like the Sun Tzu, but it's all about. uh, Making art instead of war. Yeah. Beautiful. Being creative. Uh, It's. Well, dude, I can lend it to you, actually. All right. Hey, all right. It's a fast read as well. Swag. Sweet. Um. 
but yeah, yeah. So I, I've Luke's writer's shrine. Yeah. And um, uh, it's it's again it's at work, so it's an office, so it's got those um, fluorescent tubes, and man, that didn't work for me. So I got a lamp in there. Yeah. Uh, Sixty watt, I find is perfect it's a nice warm orange well, glow this show is actually brought to you by the 60 watt light bulb <laughs> 60 watt it's just right <laughs> so warm. We're trying to get it's warm it. and smooth yeah. um and then for christmas asked for this from the secret santa uh a hot plate one of those um coffee pot hot oh, nice. plates you make yourself some coffee now that's the thing so no he was still cooking a big plate full of heroin <laughs> man you get nothing done on that um no uh i, I don't know i've figured out like maybe part, part of the liquor in i'm a sensitive sensitive dude and uh You've i only cried I, 17 times we've had to out. edit out all the times i've broke down so far and <laughs> My, I am a day. mess. I am a wet, <laughs> dripping mess. Um, I did. Beautiful though, if you were here. Decaf Earl Grey. Oh. Because caffeine, I only do caffeine now if I'm gonna party. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Caffeine's for party. It literally alters my mood. So oh, I, I'm a, I'm a, I have a sensitive body. Um, so yeah, so I got the the decaf Earl Grey a pot or two of that at night with a. Some non-lyrical music. That's yeah. no lyrics. Yeah, right. Oh, uh, Brian Eno. He's got some one-hour long-ass pieces of. I am making a note. I think that. it's called Thursday Afternoon. That one. I've listened to hell out of that one. Nice. Well, uh, I mentioned earlier that we've got Spotify here. Mm. You know, like a streaming music okay, service. Okay, yeah, there you go. And they've got like chill-out afternoons. I can't do the chill stuff because it's a little beady, but they've got. Just like epic guitar wings mm-hmm. and I like like classical music. Well, that's nice yep, too. They, yeah, cl- yeah, I've got my classical oh, mix too. When mm-hmm. I'm writing nowadays, I don't, I don't need any music. I need complete silence. Sure. Right. Yeah, I've I've tried that once in a while. I think it's I don't know. I it's, I think it's part of my brain chemistry or something that I'm just. I don't know. If, I don't think I'm ADHD or anything, attention deficit or anything like that. But I think it's a spectrum it, it, as well, though, isn't it? We're all getting that way with like the internet and stuff too. It's like oh, completely yeah. distorting our, our sense like, of yeah, our that per- instant gratification oh, again. My it's God, it's, me and Twitter. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. So it. Yeah. So I just need that little bit of music to. Oh, and oh, watch. I got more distracting things that I do. I got um. One of those those famous teachers in my past, uh, Barbara Allison from Arendelle Secondary School, art teacher. And those are good. The art she, oh man, I, I wanted to impress her so much, and just my art skills were just terrible. <laughs> oh. Like, oh man! But she, but that's the thing. She loved me anyway. She knew whatever. She saw a spark in me. Saw some sort of awareness where it's like, you're not like all the other kids, and I'll I'll take care of you, kind of a thing. Even though she like rough and like kind of. Pushy, but like that. Oh, that's what I needed, or yeah. that's what I need now. Anyways, kind of. Anyways, um, the hell was I talking about? Um, yeah. So I've got two computers. I got my writing laptop, and on the other one, uh, she porn laptop. my porn laptop. I got porn <laughs> playing twenty. Uh, <laughs> that's extra distracting. No, but what she said, I can't. It was a parent-teacher interview. And you bring the kid with, and she's talking to my oh, mom nice. and everything, and she's like, "You know what you need? You need a picture of." your goal what you like oh. whatever the house in france that you want to buy or the right. the corvette or whatever kind of a thing well, the porn star yeah. so <laughs> what i got go- so so what i have going on on the other computer is i guess uh like drone drone footage of above la oh, and hollywood uh, 
and I just kind of run got, that. I've I run got that. Dodger Stadium going on. There you go. There you go. So I, so I run that on loop. I've got like what I've turned my whole favorites YouTube list into just uh, aerial footage of and, and there's some Scotland in there too because that's that shit's oh shit that's oh, awesome no. oh, shit. Okay. Scotland's good and that's, then that's gonna be another podcast for you. so so and then what I've been doing I, I I came up with this idea like three years ago at Fan Expo I started um, it's another there's a whole nother podcast Luke's life in whatever in pictures <laughs> audio pictures um uh. You get to you get autographs, right? You can mm-hmm. go meet the famous people and get autographs, and that was totally cool. And did one or two of those, and then thought like, how can I do? How can I be spending this money and support myself at the same time? So, with all of these the people who are whatever means something to me, I get them to write, keep writing. Oh, nice. oh cool! So they sign it and write, keep writing, and then I frame that up and put that up in Luke's shrine. Sweet. So if I should ever get extra distracted. I just look around my room and I got all these people telling me what to like. Right? Okay, good. And and it's it's worked a number of times. So Freaking it's awesome, dude. and now this year we got so many cool people coming to Fan Expo. I can't wait. I got. Uh, Shut go. up. Where are you going? I don't know. Maybe I'll go. I can't go on the Sunday. My 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 uh, sister cousin. <laughs> well, that sounded wait, wrong. <laughs> no, she's my cousin, but she's like a sister. She's getting married on the Sunday. Oh, okay. But we got what Sigourney Weaver and Kevin Smith. Well, Kev's there, like. I don't know. The last the whatever, four or have five years, I haven't yet? met. No, I haven't met Kevin. You yet. should go to meet Kevin Smith. But that's gonna, man, that'll, wow. That's not easy. There's a lot of people who would like to meet Kevin Smith. We paid twenty bucks. Just to get, get in line. Thing or whatever. Oh yeah, the beauty is I though, I got a buddy happens. who's got who's like in Artist Alley, and he mm. gets me a work pass, so I'm in before anybody else, so I can just be in the line. Dude, we tried to that's get sweet. we tried to get in uh, on a media pass for this podcast. Oh yeah, <laughs> didn't work. No, dang. <laughs> Dang it! Maybe next but, year we'll have. But it, it, hey, all the <laughs> perks can backfire too. I was in line for Billy D. Williams for like three or four hours before they're like, "Oh, he's not getting here till five p.m." Like, Don't. son of a <laughs> man, but Billy. He, he is the cool side of the pillow, though. Mm. <laughs> all right. Beautiful. Well, Billy D. Williams. On that Art is chill, good. Chill note. Are we gonna? Yeah, I mean, this try and struggle off. I feel like we could struggle. Off. <laughs> I feel like we could talk about a lot more. So I guess we'll have to have you back at some point. Wow, I'd be I'd be honored. Thank you so much. No, well, thank you so much for coming. My pleasure. And I'll give you a tour of the man cave. But on Sweet. Our we, should give, we should make you. Or we should print a picture of the constant struggle, like our poster. Mm. That just says, "Keep writing. <laughs> Keep writing. <laughs> Keep writing. <laughs> Keep writing. <laughs> It ain't gonna write itself. I keep telling everybody. So. Oh man, yeah. Yeah. Wow, this is beautiful. This is really truthy. Well, do you want? Uh, do you have like a? Do you have like the Twitter that you want people to follow you on? Oh yeah, like sure. That, that yeah. Oh, what? Stuff? I don't even know what. Just You're look up at Luke Coles One. Luke Coles One. Okay, so on we'll Twitter. post it on the thing. At Luke Coles One on at Twitter. Luke Coles One. Uh, and keep yeah, keep an eye on him. And and follow me because I I hardly tweet sometimes. I, I, that's not it's so funny. Either. I'm a writer, and I'm like, I don't have anything to say. No, but at so, the same time, every once in a while, it can be distracting at the same. Anyway, oh, we can talk about that. For I know, I know, I, it's cool. But yeah, no, I appreciate. It. Yeah, that'd be. You guys are great. I love Aww. you guys. Aww. Thanks yeah, so much. It's great. Okay. Struggle, on. struggle on. Struggle on. Hashtag struggle on.
you liked this episode of The Constant Struggle, be sure to share it with your friends on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at StrugglePod.